1: Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: Good morning and happy college football game day. Welcome to the Early Edge presented by BetMGM. I'm Grace Remington. We are previewing the day's five biggest games. But before we begin... You know the drill. Please like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you are listening after the live show, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your pods. Let's take a look at how we did on last night's plays. A five and three day overall. Uh, That's a little bit of winning or break even chip and EC on it with the Oregon State game and it looks like we swept all of our baseball plays too so before we get into college football let's go to our best bets and welcome in the crew here I got Amags and I got Miss Mackenzie Brooks today so Amags why don't you start us off here uh you're looking at a NFL play and an MLB prop what you got
1: yeah Grace thank you well it's the, the final weekend here the MLB season I know Things are a little bit jumbled. Some teams have something to play for. Other teams have nothing to play for. And I'm gonna kind of take that approach and try to target a team that's got something to play for here. So I'm gonna go to the Toronto Blue Jays game. And if you're a Sportsline member, you can go onto the, uh, the website or the app right now. I posted a pick for that game. Um, but I'm gonna go with a player prop. I'm gonna go with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Over one and a half hits, runs, RBIs. Look, he's got four hits in his last nine at bats. Last couple of games here. Um, They were shut out for nine innings by Garrett Cole, kind of just tossed that one to the side. But in those last two games here, they put up 17 runs. The team is hitting. And I think that today versus a bullpen game, the, you know, Tampa has nothing to play for. They really, yesterday, they got Latell in the game, Erasmo Ramirez in the game, Taj Bradley in the game. Um, I could kind of see something similar where they just kind of roll out these arms, get them some work before the playoffs start in a couple of days. So I'm going to take Vlad over that one and a half. I would even be fine playing Springer, Bichette, um, even a same game parlay with a bunch of guys to get hits here. So I think minus 110 is a really good number here for Vlad over one and a half with what he did yesterday. And uh, then secondly, I'm going to try to take it here to the first game of the NFL weekend. And we're going to go to the London game and the Jags. We've seen them in London quite a few times over the last few years here. I think that they get the win in this game against the Falcons. And uh, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne to score a touchdown. Look, the, the, the Kind of the main thing here is that it's plus 108 out there. If you shop around, you can find plus 108. I like that number a lot. The Falcons have been giving up a bunch of rush yards. And when you look at the the Bigsby and ETN back and forth, Bigsby's getting the red zone carries, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see them kind of stick with the hot hand a little bit here. If ETN is, is running and, and having a good day, I could absolutely see them giving him a bunch of carries close to that 20 yard line. He's had a few already this year, nothing inside the 20. But I do think that, uh, you know, Bigsby, you know, two two uh, TDs here in the first three games. It's really not sustainable. ETN is going to be able to get one and plus one to wait. Like I said, I like that number. So uh, I would back the Jags in that game as well. And then even a prop that I found, I'll throw it out there. Um, I was looking at this morning. Evan Ingram's only at four and a half for his receptions line. It's a little bit juice, but shop around a little bit because I think he gets a fifth reception here uh, with Zay Jones out. All
0: right, good stuff, A-Mags. And I love how you're picking a Blue Jays prop here. You're totally right. Motivation is a huge factor in this last series of the season as Toronto tries to keep hold of that second wildcard spot. So thanks so much, A-Mags. We'll let you go and enjoy your college football game day. Kenzie, let's get into our top games of week five here, starting with... Pac-12 matchup in the team. Everyone's watching. It's Colorado hosting number 8 USC. This line moved about a touchdown in the Buffs' favor from 27 to 21. The total also steamed up a couple points. Very high total. But what do you like here, Kens?
2: Yeah, like you said, that is a high total. Uh, The model leans the under, and I can understand why with such an early local kickoff time out there. USC usually ends up pulling Caleb Williams in that fourth quarter if they're up handedly um, in that second half. I could see them starting to run the ball in that second half again if they're up like that. So I understand where that underplay can come from. But then again, USC's offense will score. They always score. And that defense, it's just not looking that great. I think Colorado strength are their explosive plays and passing downs, which could be their chance to expose this USC defense. Uh, one play I like specifically is USC's Dorian Singer, their wide receiver to go over 30 and a half receiving yards. Against this Colorado defense with no Travis Hunter, they should have plenty of opportunity to spread the wealth again if they're up big. He had one reception for 14 yards last week, but two to three receptions to go his way should be definitely enough to go over this number. And I think again, with a lot more opportunity to get creative in this game, I think he'll have a lot more targets.
0: I like that you're mixing it up with a prop here. I- I Props. Yeah, no, you are our prop queen. Um, I haven't bet on Colorado yet this season. We've talked about before, it's just really hard to rate these units, but I do think we know what they are now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think I actually might back Colorado to cover here. the thing is, they're playing USC. We all know what their defense looks like. They didn't make that many upgrades in the off season. They still rank 130th, yeah, third to last, I think. If there's 133 teams now, in uh, explosive allow that is obviously a problem against this Colorado offense. They allowed the Sun Devils to score 28 points and right. can't stop Drew Pine. You're not going to stop Shudder Horn Jr. Weaver mm-hmm. Carroll in the tight end. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, if the Trojans are up big, they're going to pull Caleb Williams, keep him safe, which leads to a, ba- a Buffs backdoor cover. So right. I'm kind of leaning in Colorado to cover the plus 21 and a half here. And you right. are leaning the under as well, right? Correct. OK, let's move on to Florida and Kentucky, an SEC rivalry here. But first, here's a word from one of our sponsors.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Kentucky now a one and a half point favorite. Uh, let's see, I'll, I'll start this one off. You know, at this point, Kenzie, I'm just gonna take whoever has plus odds on the money line because I that's <laughs> the value play. Models have Kentucky to win by less than a field goal, which means this is a coin flip on a neutral site. And for those arguing, you know, what kind of advantages Kroger Field have, last time Florida played here, they had 15 procedural penalties. So it does appear that there's some advantage there in Kentucky. Um, however, two really strong defenses here, really underrated defenses. And when, right. it's a, when it's separated by a field goal, I'm always inclined to sprinkle some on the money line. So right now, honestly, like I think Kentucky wins the game, but for the sake of value, I would sprinkle on Florida money line because I just see it going – Either way, the key here is keeping Graham Mertz safe. Um, right now, he has the highest completion rate of his career, 78%. But our reporter at 24-7 Sports, Swamp 24 he pointed out to me, most of those throws are within 10 yards of or behind the line right. of scrimmage. So I had right. to go check. It is true. His average depth of target is 6.4, only three big-time throws both are the worst in the SEC. And then, like I said, can you protect him? His 9% sack rate versus FBS teams ranks 102nd in the FBS. On the other side, you have Devin Leary and a Kentucky offense that tops in the nation in explosive plays, but he is turnover prone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's kind of up in the air in the passing game for me. Both defenses stout against the run. They're top 25. In the nation, allowing less than three yards a carry, right. but then you look at Kentucky's schedule. Who have they played? Right, all-state, a directional school, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vandy. So that's why I see this game going either way. I would take the value odd, the value play with the plus odds. Right. Um, but what do you like here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. It is a close game. And I understand where you're going with the value play. And it is tough because the Wildcats are not exactly battle-tested. While the Gators have seen some early action, like you mentioned, great, great run defenses. It seems like Kentucky would try to make – Mertz beat them through the air and I don't think that is something Mertz is capable of doing successfully Mm -hmm. against such a high level defense. Uh, The skaters defense looks impressive under Austin Armstrong like you said leading rush success rate but still some questions in the secondary and that is where Kentucky will thrive and find success in this game. I think that's probably the biggest mismatch that we'll see. Um, It looks like Florida saved their star running back ETN last week, save him up for this game. So I think they're going to be spending a lot of time on the ground against this Kentucky defense. You have to be methodical. I think it's more quick short passes. Like you were mentioning, I think it's a lot of ground game. The model leans Kentucky Eileen, Kentucky as well. At the end of the day, I do trust Leary more than I trust Mertz to win a game in the air.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking now Mertz had several mistakes on the road at Utah I don't know how we'll perform in this environment, and mm-hmm. Florida didn't put Charlotte away last week. No, but the, it's just a no play for me. But I hope the info helps somewhat out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a reminder to the viewer: if you're watching and you hear something you like, you can go place that wager over at BetMGM. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10. That's it, right? Just ten bucks, and you will receive. back instantly in bonus bets, regardless if your wager wins or loses. But you have to use the bonus code EDGE200. That's E-D-G-E 200. All right, moving on to the Deep South's oldest rivalry. It's our SEC Game of the Week on CBS, Georgia at Auburn. Uh, the Sharps conflicted on both the side and total here. I have my thoughts, but you are the Georgia alum, so I'll let you go first, Ken. <laughs> yes, I promise this is not a personal opinion, but the yeah. our sports line <laughs> model has an
2: A pick on Georgia to cover. It's okay. not me. I'm just a voice of data that is <laughs> greater than me. But I will play devil's advocate because you can see – look, I get why they like – or they like Georgia. You know, Auburn lost by 17 to Texas A&M last week, and this defense – is not Texas AM. I think it'll be a shell shock for them. But in my personal opinion, I don't think it'll be that easy to hammer the spread. Playing in Jordan Hare is no joke, especially for a Georgia team that, I'll admit it, has not looked that awake at their full potential. Um, I think this Auburn team will rely on their defense. They have two shutdown corners. Cornerbacks, I don't think Carson Beck. We'll be throwing bombs to wideouts here. I could see a lot of ground game from the Bulldogs, and I could see a lot of ground game from Auburn, too. They have a three-headed monster in the backfield, 62% rush rate. That's kind of their plan of attack usually. This is a game I'm not really too excited to bet on. I think I'm staying away from it. I think an over-two touchdown spread for a game that will likely be on the ground seems a little daunting, Mm -hmm. but this could be the conference rivalry that lights up Georgia, and we finally see them take off the way they should.
0: I am with you leaning Georgia's side. The models I look at have them at minus 16, minus 17. So that's a slight edge there on the two touchdown spread. Um, However, I am playing the first half here. I'm going to play the first half under 23 and a half. The reason I'm skipping the full game total is because it's been steamed down from 51 to 44 through several key numbers so I think we kind of missed the play there. I'd rather take the first half because it's Carson Beck's first road start. Jordan right. Hare is not the play. I don't know if you've been there, Ken. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a not, nightmare. It's, I mean, any oh, weirder, things weirder things have happened there. Weirder things have happened in
2: Georgia not covering by 14 and a half. That is for yeah. sure.
0: There is always some voodoo going on with Jordan here. I don't know if if it's the War Eagle flying around pregame, putting a hex on the opponent, but <laughs> I, it's a pretty sick environment. One of my favorite in college football, but not where you want to make your first um, road starts. Anyway, so targeting the first half gives him less time to settle in the game here, less time to make in-game adjustments. And then we've seen Georgia start games slow against South Carolina this year. They were on upset alert by yeah. halftime. And we saw that happen last year, too, with Kent State and Mizzou. Right. They also have a pretty clear scoring differential in the first quarter. They're outscoring opponents by two and a half points versus in the third quarter, outscoring them by 14 points. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of getting rid of that second half there. Or, you know, we playing the slow first half. Then you have Auburn still going through this quarterback battle with Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. Right. They're passing yards per game against power five opponents 75 pass yards per game how do you call yourself an sec team and you're passing for 75 yards a game against fellow power five no um yeah 3.8 pass yards attempt the run game is better it ranks 32nd in the fbs averaging almost 200 rush yards again a game uh, they're tied for 20th in the FBS with 10 rushing touchdowns. They also have five Tigers with at least 100 rushing yards on the game. Here's a fun little trivia fact for you the only other team in the nation with five 100 yard rushers, Air Force. So, I do love the of- ground.
2: They, they Air Force run, is too. big on running the
0: ball. <laughs> they are. I mean, we know we know SEC teams, Auburn, typically ground and pound. I didn't expect to see them in the same sentence as Air Force, though. Right, right. Um, either way, ground game eats the clock up. Just another reason I like the under here. So I'm doing the first half under 23 and a half. Yeah, like that play a lot. We will stay in the SEC here with a top 20 matchup, LSU at Ole Miss. Um, again, conflicting singles signals here, but I did notice Wednesday is when significant money started coming in on Ole Miss. That's where I'm leaning. I'll explain in a second, but Ken's, what do you like here?
2: Yeah, I thought I was going to be alone on that. I really like Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, whoever loses is is really done in terms of playoff or championship contention. Uh, Ole Miss could go bananas on offense. They haven't really been full strength yet. They've been without their three most important offensive weapons in full health, Mm -hmm. I'll say. I think we're going to see that this weekend. Also, LSU's defense is just objectively so bad. Like every stat outside the Mm -hmm. top 100 that you could think of that matters. They're lost. I think it's a really bad pass defense. I think Ole Miss has an opportunity with explosive plays here. Um, Historically, Ole Miss shows up as conference underdogs. And I like LSU's offense is legit. Jaden Daniels looks great. They will score points. I just think we're going to see this Ole Miss full show finally, and they can expose uh, this LSU defense big time.
0: Yeah, so I actually have Ole Miss as a two- to three-point favorite. So the wrong team favored here. I think LSU is just overvalued after beating Grambling, which I don't even know where that school is. A bad Mississippi State team. They didn't cover as a two-touchdown favorite against Arkansas. didn't cover against FSU, which FSU might be overvalued as well. That LSU-FSU game could have gone either way if the ball bounced a different way. Mm -hmm. FSU had to squeak by Boston College against Clemson. I think we all know who the better team was there. So I think LSU is getting a little bit too much love in the market here. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Ole Miss has been dealing with injuries. That's why their run game has been underwhelming. But Quinchon Judkins has hinted that he's 100% healthy this week. And when he is, when those receivers are back healthy, these offenses can match each other blow for blow. So like you said, Kenzie, the mismatch here for me is LSU's defense, which ranks number 107 nationally with a 43% success rate. They're also below average in explosives allowed yeah. while giving up 4.6 points per scoring opportunity. That's also below average. Um, it's just bad
2: news all around. You, you, yeah. can't, you can't back a team like that. I think Ole Miss is just exciting right now. I think I just think they're they have their full show finally. They're healthy. I think this is an exciting game for them.
0: Right. So we'll take the points and I, I'll sprinkle some on the money line. Like I said earlier, when it's like less, when these teams are separated by less than a field goal, I'll always sprinkle on the money line if I like the dog. Um, all right. So we're rooting for a party in the Grove. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> have you ever been to the Grove? I haven't. It's still on my list.
2: I, oh, good. Yeah. It never worked out when I was there, but I do still want to get there.
0: Yeah. Keep it on your list. It's, it's a fun one to go to. Uh, We will wrap with another top 20 matchup here. Notre Dame at Duke. Again, I always go to the market movement first. We got more conflicting betting signals on both the sides and the totals. I'm slightly bitter after that Notre Dame-Ohio State game last week. Notre Dame had a 61% post-game win expectancy. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully they remember put 11 men on the field this time but who do you like here yeah where are you going here kens
2: uh i hate to say i'm staying off another game but this is just i mean the spreads gross. five and a half is a dead number to me uh not ideal for notre dame to go back on the road to try to recover from a weekend like they had uh it's certainly not an ideal situation for them i think duke's pass defense is solid no doubt but they got pounded on the ground by clemson And I don't see why Notre Dame isn't capable of doing the same thing here. So I'd I'd lean Notre Dame there. Uh, The model leans the under for what it's worth and Duke to cover. Um, But that five and a half, that's a dead number to me that I don't really want to touch.
0: Okay, we are on the same page once again. Uh, I was actually leaning Notre Dame because the models I like have them anywhere from a five- to seven-point favorite, but that's not enough to make a play. Right. I would also lean the under, but again, I think we missed some key numbers here. It's There's just no edge for me. Yeah, this is probably um, a good play earlier in the week. Right, right. Yeah, you got you know two top-20 defenses, two top-20 quarterbacks. For me, the matchup I think Notre Dame wins is their run defense versus Duke's, run game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Audric Estime leads the nation with 591 rushing yards. Blue Devils have the Power Fives' ninth worst run defense, according to PFF. Also the third worst missed tackle rate, missing tackles 20% of the time. Right. Um, So I, I don't know. I just think Notre Dame showed us last week they can play anyone. The secondary, they shut down Ohio State's receivers. They can do the same with Duke. When it comes down to the trenches, I I think Notre Dame wins. But by how much, that's what I don't know. Right. So this is probably just a stay away. And I will just watch joyfully from the couch. Yes. (laughs) All right. uh, We will get to Kenzie's best bets next. But first, here's a word from one of our sponsors. All right, Kenzie, what you got? We're going to stick with a
2: player prop. You can find this on DraftKings or you can do prize picks Underdog. Theo Johnson for Penn State, over 23 and a half receiving yards. He played all 71 snaps for Penn State last week. He averages like 15 yards per catch and is over under for receptions is two and a half. So I'm not even asking for three receptions. I think two gets him here. We really like Penn State overall against Northwestern. That's another A-grade spread for us. Uh, Northwestern's defense is just really bad. We have uh, Theo Johnson projected for 38 yards. Again, I think two catches honestly should get him there. All right. And then we can move over to the NFL quick. Uh, Mac Jones to throw an interception against the Cowboys. Kind of speaks for itself. Obviously, I would like this better if Trayvon Diggs was in the lineup, but even without him, Mac Jones is Mac Jones. Uh, They could be playing from behind most certainly in this second half, which means he'll have to air out the ball a lot. That should leave a lot of opportunity for him. So I like the opportunity for the game in the air, and I like that for the Cowboys
0: defense to get an interception done. I like that one as well. That was a good show for us, Ken's. Let's get to the recap screen. Pull out your notepad. Take a screenshot. Whatever works best for you folks. (laughs) Amags is on Vladdy. Over one and a half hits runs RBI at minus 110 as the Blue Jays fight for that last wild card or the second wild card spot. He also likes Travis Etienne for an anytime touchdown at plus 108. Kenzie is on Theo Johnson over 23.5 receiving yards at minus 110, and Mac Jones to throw an interception at minus 125. I should have added Ole Miss plus 2.5 was my official play on the Sportsline site. Uh, and I also got a couple more posted. We got a lot of picks up there. So make sure you're a subscriber to sportsline.com. All right, that's gonna do it for us on this episode of The Early Edge. Thanks for watching. We'll be back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern covering the NFL. Remember to watch. The rest of our crew on HQ later today that actually starts in 30 minutes if you're watching this show live, covering all the college football games on the slate. For Kenzie AMAGS, I'm Grace Armington. Have a happy game day, and we will see you at the pay window.
3: Now, streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. The feel good movie of the year. You dig? Out, man. Bob Marley, one law. Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.